Father, we thank you. We give you all the praise. Thank you for the grace for us to gather again after a long time. We thank you, Father, for how you've kept us. Uh, we thank you, Father, for even keeping your, well, let me put this way, keeping even the, the, the hunger, even for to learn your life. We say, Father, thank you. We know that no one commits to you except you draw them. So I want to say thank you for drawing us to you. Father, we appreciate you being exalted in Jesus' name. Father, as we go about today's lessons, we ask, Father, that you will give us grace. We know that you would supply grace for all trans, grace for to lend this thing, lend faith as we ought. In the name of Jesus. Father, let understanding be given as we go through these lessons. And for us, as uh, wherever we are lacking faith, uh, where we need to come into the understanding and the workings of it, Father, you will give grace for entrance in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, because you've answered our prayers. For in Jesus' precious name, we have prayed. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Uh, welcome, everyone, here once again. Uh, welcome to live class. So I'm going to quickly uh, run through, or should I ask someone to just remind us, um, give us a, a little bit of a quick recap regarding what we learned regarding faith so far, or uh, have, we, have we forgotten? Who volunteered to, to give a quick recap? Right, Mr. Daniel, are you able to help us with a quick recap? Good evening. Good evening. Um, quick recap. I'm going to try my best. Um, okay. We talked about faith towards God. We talked about things to know about faith. Um, I know before then we're talking about how how um, every man is meant to live by faith, even for just both supernatural things and both for everything, basically. I think you use the illustration that even when you eat, you know, it has to be by faith. You know, every single thing we do has to be by faith. And so we said there are two scriptures we said we should not forget. <clears throat> Hebrews 11, Hebrews 11 verse 1, the definition of faith. And then I think Hebrews 11 verse um, 6, um, that's um, you cannot please God without faith. So those two scriptures, um, we agreed that we're not going to forget them. And so we looked at um, then different things to know about faith. I think you know faith as a substance, faith as a gift, and how faith is meant to actually help us obey for obedience. And um, what else can I remember? <laughs> Um, I think I'll just you know, maybe just stop here, sir. Okay, thank you so much. Um, <clears throat> I, I believe you touched um, on on the scriptures that were very 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 important. Uh, those two scriptures, uh, if we if we remember them, then I think we should be able to remember the rest of the lessons. Uh, and if we were not able to, <clears throat> I will advise us to. Maybe quickly catch up um, if you can remember. But I uh, will just quickly run through um, 
what we learned, what uh, Daniel has said is pretty much the summary of everything. Uh, just go, I will just quickly run through the manual. Um, just like uh, to give us uh, a quick, or let me say memory track. So just take us on a quick memory track. Um, so started learning faith, uh, faith towards God to be specific. Faith towards God, and we define faith towards God, what it is. Uh, Hebrews 11.1, faith is the substance, so we define faith. So faith is the substance of things, for the evidence of things not seen. And <clears throat> define faith towards God. Faith towards God is a dogged expression from a man's heart, which shows his commitment and total reliance on God and his word. So faith towards God shows that we are relying on God and his word. Um, then we started learning about what faith towards God enables us to do. So we said faith towards God enables us to walk with God in examples. Faith towards God enables man to suffer for God's name. And uh, it also enables man to depend on God for his needs. What are the things to know about faith? We learned that faith is a gift. Faith is a substance. Now, <clears throat> when I say faith is a gift, it means it can be received. Uh, God gives it. We can, we can receive uh, faith. So faith is a substance. Uh, as we've learned, faith is the substance of things or for the evidence of things not seen. Faith is a substance. Faith is an evidence. That's the same scripture I was referring to. So faith is life, meaning faith is living. Um, so because God lives, it means faith <clears throat> is meant to institute a supernatural lifestyle in us. So um, we should, there should be a life of faith that we live. Faith is life. Faith is life. Now, we quickly went through a few examples. So the two major examples were looked at in the, in the aspect of faith towards God in the Old Testament. So we looked at examples of faith towards God in the Old Testament, and we also looked at the uh, examples of faith towards God in the New Testament. After that, where we stopped is where we now defined faith, which is another faith, which is the faith of the Son of God. And um, that's where we're going to continue and I'm going to start. So faith of the Son of God, uh, I'll read that. Um, just before I continue, do we all still have the manual for this uh, lesson, Feel Towards God? Yes, sir. Awesome, awesome. Um, thank you for that response. So I'm going to start from faith of the Son of God. So the faith of the Son of God comes by the revelation of Christ, which was not communicated in the early churches. Until God raised Paul, they all began with faith in the Lord Jesus, as shown in the word, your faith in the Lord. So that expression, your faith in the Lord, is actually taken from a Bible verse. So this talks about faith of the Son of God. I know what we are learning is faith of Faith towards God. And um, it is a good thing to introduce faith of the Son of God so that we know that there's another faith called the faith of the Son of God. Now, this faith, as it is said, it is the faith of Christ. So the faith of the Son of God. Because Jesus Christ uh, grew to become the Son of God. 
And in becoming the son of God, he altered the faith. Uh, he altered the faith called his faith. And that is what he referred to when he was talking to uh, Paul on the road to Damascus. When uh, he was, Paul, was in, Paul encountered Christ. And then he began to talk to him in Acts 26. And he says, uh, he would turn the people you know, from darkness to light. Then he said that they shall, that to give people generally, you know, everyone that will believe, to give them an inheritance by faith that is in me. So Jesus said to Paul that there's a faith inside him which is meant for to give an inheritance. So that is different from the faith uh, that we are learning, but it's good to introduce that so we understand uh, because that is the graduation of faith. We graduate from the faith towards God into the faith of the Son. The, the, the faith towards God is a ground of preparation, is a ground of, of equipping, is to equip believers for to begin to journey in the faith of the Son. Um, I'm just going to read Ephesians 1.15 quickly, uh, just to buttress the aspect of faith of the Son. So Ephesians 1 uh, verse 15. Uh, if anybody is there that can help us read it, that's fine too. Uh, someone that is as, that is faster than I am. Uh, okay, I think I'm there now. It says, wherefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus. Amen. So after I have Wherefore, also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and love unto all saints, cease not to give thanks for you. That's verse 16. So let me just read 15 and stop there. Wherefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus. Now, this verse is referring to a kind of faith. And that faith is what we call the faith towards God. So what they're referring to here in your faith in the Lord Jesus is faith towards God. So they all began. So all the apostles, everyone, when they began uh, in the believing, when they be, started believing in Jesus, they all started healing the sick, and they did all those things. What they had at that time was the faith in the Lord Jesus. Just like uh, I believe Peter in the, in the beautiful gate said to the crippled man, said, silver and good I have, but what I have I give unto you in the name of the Lord Jesus, no, rise up and walk. So they they were using the name of the Lord Jesus, which is based on the faith in the Lord Jesus. It is their faith towards God. It is their faith that showed that they are dependent on God. It is their faith in the Lord Jesus. Uh, I'll quickly read Colossians, because um, I know that Bible verse is to show us um, you know, what the manual is explaining. Uh, Colossians chapter 1, verse 4. And it says, Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love which ye have to all the saints. Um, this, this Colossians 1 and Ephesians 1, they, they actually go, they are pretty much the same thing, really. I want talking about your faith in Jesus Christ. Um, it's the same as what we heard earlier say, your faith in the Lord Jesus. Uh, this one they said in your faith in Jesus Christ. Sorry, in Christ Jesus. Um, 
the emphasis being Jesus there. So that is a faith. Um, if we read further in those two uh, chapters, Ephesians 1 and Colossians, later on we'll see where Paul began to pray for them to actually move into the next faith, which is the faith of the Son that uh, we are talking about. But I just want to emphasize here, because this prayer started, say, having seen your having seen your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love towards all the saints, I never cease to make mention of you in my prayers, that the Father of our Lord Jesus will give unto you the spirit of wisdom and began to pray for them. That prayer is actually a prayer of movement into the faith of the Son of God, because there's a whole new operation that began after they move into the knowledge of God. Um, See so that give unto the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. That's Ephesians 1, I believe in verse 17, when he began to pray for them concerning the knowledge of the Lord Jesus. And he said, he will give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Right? The word be revelation. And if you go to the man, it says the faith of the Son of God comes by the revelation of Christ. So the, the way this faith of the Son comes is by revelation. It has to be revealed. Amen. Uh, let me go to the, the next item. It says the basis of faith. So having learned, you know, about the this other faith called faith of the son, introduced briefly, we are now moving further in learning the faith towards God. So we want to know what the basis of faith is. So what is faith standing on? It says, since it has been established that the author of faith is God. So God authored faith. It says, and that the substances and evidences of this promise are from him. Therefore, the basis of faith is in the assurance of his person. God cannot lie. He does not change and cannot fail. Right? Now, this statement, we can see it in Malachi 3.6. Job 42 2 and Numbers 23 19. Um, so because of his nature, we're going to read those verses quickly just to you know, have a scriptural background for that, that it does not change and cannot fail. So because it cannot change and cannot fail, because of his nature, his word stands forever. So because God himself cannot change, he cannot fail. Therefore, his word stands forever. So because of God's nature, right? And of course, what kind of nature are we talking about? We're talking about him not changing, not wavering, not failing. It means his word would not fail. His word would not go unfulfilled. His word would stand forever. His decree, no man can change. Heaven and earth will pass away, but a jot of his word, of his word, sorry, will not fail. Therefore, the basis of faith is in the nature of God and his word. So the basis of faith is in the nature of God and his word. Because why? Because of God's nature is what stands forever. What part of nature, what nature are we looking at here? It does not change and cannot fail. Uh, I'll just quickly read Malachi 3.6. Malachi. Malachi. Three, six, and it says, "For I am the Lord; I change not. Therefore, you sons of Jacob are not consumed." Now, this is this verse is telling us about God's nature. So, it doesn't change. 
And you see, even it says, because it doesn't change, we are not consumed. When the sons, these sons of Jacob are not consumed, when you see these sons of Jacob there, just look at you and me. Said, is this we are not consumed? So because God doesn't change, we are not consumed. Amen. Because God does not change his mind and say, you know what? I've been protecting you. Now I don't want to protect you. You go away. Maybe because you did something. God doesn't change, irrespective of what is happening around him. God is constant. He doesn't change. So in, in, in him is no variable, neither shadow of study. Uh, if, if you look at that, it's saying that God does not have mood swings. So he doesn't have mood swings. Said, right now, I'm happy, therefore, uh, I will protect. Now, I'm not happy, therefore, if therefore sons of Jacob go and die. He does not have mood swings. God is consistent. God does not change. His word stands forever. His promise. His words are yea and amen. I read Job 42, verse 2. Uh, just giving us background on in God's in God's nature. Job 42, verse 2. And it says, I know that thou canst do everything, and that no thought can be withholding from thee. Thou can do everything. No, I'm just interpreting it to the voice. I know that thou canst do everything you can do everything and that no thought can be withholding from thee now let me go to numbers 23 19 numbers 23 19 and he says god is not a man that he should lie neither the son of man that he should repent at he said it and shall he not do it will he not do it he will do it. So God does not lie. God is not man that he should lie. Neither son of man that he should repent. Meaning God is not on. God is stable. God is not. God is not unstable. It doesn't. It doesn't just. You know, like I said earlier, it doesn't just have moods you can change. God stands. His word stands. His word would stand the test of time. Now, because of this nature of God. And because he also keep his word, because God he, he honor his word than his name. So God honor his own word. He said his word shall not return back to him void, but it will accomplish that which he has said it. So which means all of the promises of God for us, everything God has said, he stands. Which means that we can take God's word to the bank any day, any time. And imagine this kind of nature, right? And this is what faith. Is standing on, meaning that faith is sure. Let me use that word. Faith is sure. Faith does not have mood swings. Faith is standing on God's word. Right. So let me read this. We say since it has been established that it has been established that the author of faith is God. God is the one that authored faith. Imagine um, looking at who created something. Let's okay. If you want to look at the credibility of faith, let's look at who authored it. It is God. Okay. We looked at God and inside his nature, he does not fail and he himself does not change. And his word stands forever. But we now look at that now that, ah, therefore faith is sure. The basis of faith is God. Faith is standing on God. So God is backing faith. Therefore, we can take faith to the bank any day, anytime. God backs it. Faith works, and that's what I'm, I'm saying. Faith works. 
So therefore, the basis of faith is in the nature of God and his word. So when we look at faith and we look at what it's standing on the basis of faith, you can see that it is the basis of it is in God's nature, God's nature and in God's word. And we then look at what is God's nature and you see that God does not change. He does not fail. And his word stands forever, right? And like we've read that every now and then will pass, but his word, a judge of his word will not fail. None of it will go unfulfilled. Meaning his word stands forever. And that's what faith rests on. It is sure. It, it can be taken to the bank. God is one that guarantees faith. Let me put it that God guarantees faith. Therefore, if God guarantees faith, faith would work. Faith works. Amen. So let's now begin to go into characteristics of faith. So what are the character of faith? That's what we are looking at. So because faith has character. Uh, and I know in, in the past lessons we've been mentioning it, and even some of it we've mentioned in the previous lessons as we were going through the manual, but it's good that we are there now. Um, faith has patience. That's the you know, first character of faith that we're looking at, characteristics of faith, or the character of faith. One, faith has patience. Let me read uh, from the manual. It says, faith is not a quick fix principle. Faith is not a quick fix principle. Rather, it has its own patience. Anyone who had ever laid on, hold on God's promises, did that by faith and its patience. By faith and its patience. Now, a, a, a very good example, and I mean, I'm going to go quickly read Hebrews 6, 12, but there's a quick example that is, that is glaring and is clear there that is going to help us to understand this, uh, that faith has patience. Um, Hebrews 6, Hebrews 6, verse 12. I know most of us know that uh, Bible verse. I, just, I don't want to cut it off head. I just want us to read it. It's good to look into um, the scripture. Hebrews 6, 12. Hebrews 6, 12. It says, that ye be not slothful, but followers of them, who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Those who through, don't be slow, but be followers of them, who through faith and patience inherit the promises. And we see in the manner, I said, nobody would ever lay hold on God's promise without actually going through the character of faith, which is, Patience. Faith has its patience. Faith is not designed to be a quick fix, like most people think. And because when you even have faith, you have to wait for the manifestation of things. You can't just use faith. And, and I think that also to, to help us, uh, you know, to understand how faith works. Uh, part of faith as a quick fix can happen when we don't want to take responsibility for things. Uh, you know, just... Uh, maybe you're supposed to, uh, a typical example, which is quite funny, is maybe you're supposed to go and study and uh, write an exam, but you did not study and then want to pass. You quickly use it as a quick fix to fix the issue of you not studying. Uh, you realize that when you try that, you're going to write that exam and then you're going to fail woefully because you did not prepare, you did not study. The only thing that can save you there is if God operates the gift of 
what uh, the selling of spirit. So you have to see the realm of the spirit and you need to see answers to your questions. That's the only way. Let's see, I'll show, you, show for you. But even that is God's best. That one, don't, don't expect it like that. Uh, so faith is not quick, a quick fix. Faith is not to quickly get things done and then avoid. No, faith has its own patience. Anyone that would lay hold on the promise of God or that has ever laid hold on the promise will do that by faith. Take a quick example. We look at Abraham, especially. You know, this, one's, this passage is pointing us to those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Then we can go to actually 11, Hebrews 11, uh, that they begin to give different examples of our fathers of faith, right? The first example we look at here is Abraham. God promised him that he shall have a child. And the scripture said he did not waver on the promise of God, right? He believed God and it was counted to him, for him as righteousness. It was accounted to him as righteousness. He believed God. He did not waver. And what happened? When his body fell, when it was at the age where he could no longer give birth, faith made it possible for him to impregnate his wife, and then they had a child. They had a child. They had a child. That's the promise um, that God gave. Him. And of course, we're looking at faith doing that. I, even though there's a lot much more regarding the promise that God gave Abraham. But just seeing that, the expression of faith there, that after God gave him the promise, he had to wait and wait and wait and wait. On th 10 years, he's still waiting. 20 years, he's still waiting. 30 years, he's still waiting. And most of us, maybe you have to wait for just two, three days, even two, three days, even short, maybe just a month concerning matters. Then we realize, we realize that we're getting impatient. We want it to happen now, 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 now. No. Whatever it is, no matter how long it is, because part of faith exercise is to also teach us patience. Because there's also patience in the faith of the Son, which is a graduation from faith towards God. There's also patience there where we would learn. So this is, this is the ground of preparing us in learning to be patient. Faith in itself has its own patience. It will, it will make sure that you wait on God for God because faith is to make you depend on God, right? You are depending on God. So if you are depending on God, then you are waiting on God for God to fulfill the promise. So faith has its own patience. So don't think faith as a quick fix to quickly get things done. And, uh, no, I use faith for it. I use faith for it and then it will happen. Even if you are trusting God for supply of your need, you still have to wait for it a bit. Until somebody, until God will make provision. Maybe somebody will just show up and just give. You have to wait. You don't, you don't say, I, I have faith for money and then money will appear in front of you right away. Amen. So I'm going to go to the next, uh, I think, which is actually from the example I was actually a spillover. And God is helping us. Is the another characteristic of faith here called, which says, faith is living faith is living so the first one we said is faith is patient faith has its own patience anybody that takes god's promise or lay hold on god's promise will do that by faith right then faith is living faith is living faith is living now 
don't forget earlier that we, we mentioned that faith is life. When we're talking about um, the things to know about faith, we, know, we said that faith is life. If faith is life, then it means that it has, it has life. It can live. Faith is life. So faith is living. Of faith. faith is living. Let's read what the man also says. He says, faith restores man to life. All the men who exercised themselves in faith defied the principle of death. They defied the principle of death. Abraham's body was quickened at old age. Job received life for his decaying body. And the three evil boys could not be killed by fire. That is why God is called their God. They came into a supernatural supply of life because he is the living God. We said that faith, so that's the manner. So we said earlier that faith has a basis. And the basis of, of faith is the nature of God and his word. Right? The basis of it is in the nature of God and his word. Now, having known that, here we see that God is a living God. If God is a living God, he authored faith, then faith also, also should be living. Now, how we see that, uh, according to the manner we, we see here, that um, most men that were exercised by faith or that exercised themselves, they, they defy the principle of death. Example of uh, Abraham that was given earlier, that he did not give birth until old age where his body has fallen. And at that age, you can see that his body is dead because he should not be able to father it. And neither should Sarah be able to conceive because the natural body at that time is dead. So there's a principle of death that is at work. They have it means when you reach a certain age, you can no longer give birth. Your body should shut down. Don't produce anything. So that body has moved into the end of its life. When it's a life, I mean, the end of its production of children. But faith was able to override that because it's living. Nothing that, nothing, not no dead thing that faith can't enter and resurrect and bring life out of it. So, even though their body is dead, faith enabled or quickened them such that their body received life and they were able to conceive and give birth to a child. And the story of Job, you know, it was outside. Ashes all over him, his body decayed. But after God dealt with him, his body was restored. It was not fresh like a baby. His body was restored as Job, because Job was believing God. It did not cause God when Satan was tempting him to cause God and die. Cause God. No, it did not cause it. He remained, he stayed, he stayed steadfast in faith, believing in God, and refused to cause God. So his body received life, he received life. And the three Hebrew boys, which were thrown into fire, uh, when they threw them into fire, normally they were supposed to be burnt by fire. They were supposed to just roast. You know, they, they put them in, in, in blazing hot fire to roast that even the people that put them there, they themselves got hot by the fire. And they said they should crank up the fire. And they noticed that ah, this is one another. Yeah, crank up the crank up that fire. But nothing happened to them. Why? Because their faith in God 
created life around them in such a way that fire could not touch them. Fire could not burn them. It is faith at work. So faith has life. Faith is living. Amen. Faith can restore or restores man to life. Now, how do I mean also? There's another sense of that when we look at our salvation. We were dead in sin and trespasses. But God restored us back to life by giving, by quickening us in our spirit. He quickened us in our spirits, and by quickening us in our spirit, faith began to come alive. The more you exercise faith in your area, you realize that the more you begin to experience God's life in a measure. In a measure, say, ah, so this is happening. You begin to live into in another realm. You, be, you come alive to God. <laughs> That's what I'm looking for. When you, when, you, when you begin to exercise faith, you realize that you are, you are coming alive to God. You are beginning to see that, ah, there's another place where things come from. There's another economy of life somewhere else. Apart from the one I'm used to, apart from the one that I know, faith would, result, would bring, would quicken you, bring you to life, restore life in you. So I would say faith restores, life, restores man to life. Amen. And then let's go to the next character of faith or the characteristics of faith. And it says, faith is active. Faith is active. Let me read the manual. It says, faith is not passive, but an active virtue. Faith is not passive, but an active virtue. It comes with commandments that should be obeyed. For instance, Abraham was asked to leave his father's land. Noah was asked to build an ark. Our positive response to faith instruction is obedience, and any response otherwise is disobedience. Amen. So when you are talking about faith, know that faith is active. It means faith requires an action. Faith requires an action. So faith is not passive, but active. Faith is not just lying for the day. It's not just lying for It is active. There are things to be done. Now, what that is to be done is obedience. Now, faith comes with commandments that should be obeyed. Right? Like the man was, and was really man said, God told Abraham to leave his father's land. So imagine the kind of scenario that Abraham was in. He was amongst his father's, father's uh, house, his father's land. Uh, imagine he has his brothers not living far from him. He has you know, his cousins, many people that were around him. Um, you know, imagine you know, if, if, if you know what it means, you know, just to be around family, you know, especially maybe Christmas, and then everybody come together, we are eating bread, we are eating rice and chicken, you know, just feel the ambience. And then all of a sudden, they now said that somebody should leave. And you would not express that for years, not even like for two or three years, for unknown amount of years. In short, even forever, you may never see them. 
you realize that it is much it is easier for me to say no let me just stay here because i love my family right but he had to take the pain he had to act on faith you know, so just look at the scenario he was going to a land he does not know it is an unknown space but faith required if he was going to act on faith it means that he's going to obey god and leave his father's house so by obeying God and leaving his father's house, he acted on faith. So that is an expression of faith in there. It is acted, there are things to be done. So for example, when you are having faith, when you are trusting God for things, or, or let me put this, when God is asking you to do things, it takes faith to obey God. So I can follow the, the lesson. It takes faith to obey God. You now realize that it is impossible to please God without faith. Imagine if your father says, hey, my son, go and help me iron this clothes. And you say that, no, ah, I'm not going to iron that clothes. Me, I'm going. You realize that your, your, your dad may not be happy with you. Why? Because he asked you to do something for him and you said no. You won't do it. You disobey. But he says, go and iron. Say, yes, dad. Can go and iron for you. you. You realize that it will bring gladness. Ha, ah, I asked my son to help me. And he did it. Ah, thank you, my son. Now realize that it is without faith. It's impossible to play. Why? Because when God speaks to you, when God talks to you, it takes faith to respond to God. It takes faith to obey God. So when it comes to obeying God, Faith is involved. And that explains that faith is very active. It requires action. What is the action? Is to obey. You know, most of the time we think about faith towards God, we think it's just us all the time. You know, just asking for things. Lord, I need bread. Lord, I need money. Lord, I need a vehicle. I need house. All those things. Right? Forgetting that. It's not just about that. When you talk about faith, faith is actually a two-way thing. Faith to all God is also to wait because God can say things to you and then you need faith to obey God. Or let me put it, our response of obedience to, to God is faith. And that tells us that faith is active. Faith is moving. Faith has, faith has, has movement, has behavior. That's a character. That character is to, to, to activate things, is to move, is a response, is a response that the soul should have. That we should have, and that is to obey God. So when when God when, when when faith comes, it comes with commandment that should be obeyed. It comes with commandment that should be obeyed. So our positive response to faith instruction is what we call obedience, and our response or any response otherwise or our our lack of response to God is disobedience. Just like I was using the scenario of you know, the father asking the son to iron clothes, and the son says, No, I will not. That, that son is disobeying the father. And that son will not please God. So, if you are to please God, we must have a, an active faith. We must be active to God. When God says, Do this, we must respond in faith. We must believe God and respond in faith. Because when God is saying, Do this, do that, it is God's commandment. So, faith comes with commandment, he has his commandment. And when we obey them, we are responding in faith towards God.
and that is called obedience. Uh, let me move further. It says faith is to be tried. So that's another characteristic of faith. So this, this is another character of faith. Say that for God to be sure of our commitment to him, he allows our faith to be tested. Any faith that is not tried cannot be trusted. It is the trial that the beauty of our faith, or it is in the trial that the beauty of our faith comes forth. So this is another aspect of it. You know, most of us that like, that like just using faith to get things, we don't like this area very much. Why? Because nobody wants to go through trial. Nobody likes being tried. Everybody just like that. You do your things, you, you just take it and go, right? When, you, when, you, when we have to go through verification, when we have to go through testing, when we have to go through proving, uh, there's a lot of effort that goes into that. So nobody likes it. Nobody wants their, their, their faith to be tried. But it is a character of God to try faith, how to make sure that the faith that is inside is so can be trusted. Amen. Why? Because if the faith inside the soul can't be trusted, it can be a turn off to the life or to the graduation in faith, which is the faith of the soul. Because even that other one has its own trial. So like I said earlier, faith towards God is a preparatory ground, is a preparation for another faith walk, which we call the faith of the son. It's another faith. So you now, you, when you look at it, you now begin to see that ah, there's a character of, or there's a there's a measure, or there's a manner of the faith of the son that is being churned out in faith towards God. That is almost like a practice. Why? Because your faith will be tried in the faith of the son. The same way your faith in towards God can be tried. Like they will test of it. Like is a simple example. Abraham. When God gave him the promise of a child, God could have given him a child in two, three years. But he had to wait. It's also trial of his faith. Let's see how long he can wait. Now, when you now look at the way God was dealing with Abraham, giving him a child, you now realize that the child that the child that God gave him is not the end of his of his faith. There's another trial coming. Then he gave him a child. The child grew. God now said, "Yeah, give me that child. Go and kill that child." Now, you realize that the first faith was tried in that it took long before he gave birth. Now, this time around, because his faith has been tried, God can trust him to, for this new one. So God trusted him to go through the next trial. And what happened in the next trial is God said, give me your son. And what did he do? He said, you know what? Ah, she means you to ask for it. I'll give you now. Carry his son, took him, and they wanted to go to the top of the mountain. Um, the child said, ah, Where is our offering? No, he said, The Lord will provide himself a lamp. He said, The Lord will provide for himself. That is also is a response of faith. It's a response of faith because he trusted God. He knew that, well, even if I kill you, the Lord will still give me a child because it was not. He didn't, he, he, didn't, he, he didn't give it to his debt to hold to withhold his son from God. And I said, ah, now that I see that you don't withhold your son from me, 
Then God now gave him the actual promise. Amen. So God gave him the actual promise. His, his faith was tried. His faith kept being tried so that God can trust him. So for most of us, God will try our faith. Sometimes when we go through things and then as we are going through things, it seems as if everything is coming to an end. But it is good actually trying our faith to, to see if we would stand. Okay, we used to stand just like he tried to Will you, will you just cause God and die because all these things are happening to you? But Job stayed steadfast in faith. He stayed. He did not waver. God does that. I now realize that when our faith is tried, we become much more beautiful. The trial of our faith makes our faith much more precious than it was before. Now realize that when we go through a trial of faith, we have much more confidence in God towards many other things. If God can do this, he can do others. There's nothing God cannot do. So it is actually a character of faith for faith to be tried. So it's a characteristic of faith. Faith does go through trial. So it's not every difficult situation that is Satan. Even if, if God allowed Satan. Because right? there are some that you, know, you have to take authority over. But God does allow faith to be tried. Just like Job. God knows Job was upright. But God still allows Satan to tempt Job. So it is possible that faith goes through trial. But the reason for the trial of faith, it seems like I'm trusting God for something and it's not forthcoming. The reason for the trial of faith is to make sure that the faith inside us is can be trusted, is sure, is, is sure enough. I'm using that word sure, in the sense that it is it is trusted. That's what I mean. It is trusted. That faith is trusted. And it will make us have a deeper and a much more flourishing relationship with God. When our faith is being tried, what God is doing is actually grounding us in him. To, to have faith towards him. To trust him no matter the situation. To have a deeper connection, a deeper union with him. Amen. So I'll go to the next character of faith, which is faith has measure. Uh, I know I think in the last lesson, I'm not sure if I can remember. I know we, we talked about this a bit because we're talking about the addition to faith that faith can be added to. But let me read the manual. It says, um, our faith can be great or little, depending on how much of God's word we have. So our faith can be great or little, depending on how much of God's word we have. Have. So I'm going to read Luke 12, 28. Uh-huh. Luke 12, 28. It says, If then God so cloth the grass, which is today in the field and tomorrow is cast into the oven. How much more will he clothe you? Say, O ye of little faith. O ye of little faith. Amen. Uh, I know there's a, there's, a, there's a background to this. 
And I think I'm just going to quickly read it uh, from verse 22. And, and, and let me read it quickly. It says, and he said unto the disciples, therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life. What you shall eat, neither for the body, what you shall put on. The life is more than meat, and the body is more than raiment. Consider the ravens, for they neither sow nor reap, which neither have storehouse nor barn, and God feeded them. How much more are ye better than fowls? And which of you, with taking thought, can add to his stature one cubit, if he there be not able to do that thing which is least? Why take ye thought for the rest? Consider the lilies, how they grow. They toil not, they spin not. And yet I say unto them that Solomon, all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. If then God so clothed the grass, which is today in the field, and tomorrow is cast into the field, how much more will he clothe you, O ye of little faith? So God was addressing faith here, the issue of faith. I, because you know, most of the things that we worry about is you know, what we shall eat, what we shall put on. You know, and God, Jesus was you know, saying that if you know, God can, cl can clothe um, the lilies, let me use that word, if God can clothe the lilies, because the lilies, they are fine. He says Solomon himself, in all his glory, is not arrayed like one of these, right? And then God feed the fowls of the air. And we are better than that. How much more will God provide for us? And I says, O ye of little faith. So it's actually faith that makes man depend. See, lack of faith is what makes man depend on nature rather than God. Which makes man, even nature said, is even high now these days. For man, it is lack of faith that makes man depend on himself. It is lack of faith that makes man worry about provision for themselves. It is lack of faith. Now we are likely to look at different soul, different heart, different people, different men on earth these days. You realize, you realize that there's just faith missing. See, um, unbelievers, the way the world is going, when you look at it, see, faith is missing. Well, everybody is looking for what they need. Money is driving it, most decisions. Looking for money. The rich want to be richer. The poor want to be rich. Everybody is looking for money. People care about what they, they, they they give too, too, too much credence to what they, they eat more than to God. How? When they look, when, when, when they say, yeah, let us go into the house of the Lord, sadness. Let us go and pray, sadness. No faith, nothing. There's no, no measure of faith because no faith is living, no measure of life. So faith can, has a measure. It can be little, it can be more. The more the faith, the more, we are, the more response we have to God. So faith can be little. It says, O ye of little faith. Let me read Matthew 8, 10. Matthew 8, 10. It says, when Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to them, very I say unto you, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. And I say unto you that many shall come from the east and the west and shall sit down with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. Okay, this is what this was when you know Jesus was about to heal um, in Capernaum. Let me read from verse five and to ten. It says, and when Jesus was entered into Capernaum, there came unto him a centurion, beseeching him and saying, Lord, my servant lieth at home sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. And Jesus said unto him, I will come and heal him, and I will come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worried that thou shouldest come under my roof, but speak, 
the word only, and my servant shall be healed. For I am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I said to this man, go and he go it. And to another come, and he comment. And to my servant, do this, and he do it. When Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to them that followed, Verily I say unto you, I have not found so great faith. Not, no, not in Israel. Now, so these two scriptures shows us that faith has a measure. It can be little, it can be high. It can be little, it can be high. And there's another scripture that uh, talks about the measure. It says, let everyone, I think it was in Corinthians where Paul was talking, it said, let everyone prophesy according to the, to the measure of grace. Right? According to the measure of faith. I believe there's a, there's a grace supplied uh, when prophecy is ongoing. So that everybody, meaning that even when it comes to the gift of the spirit, it's also, it comes with a, there's a supply of a measure of faith. Amen? Let me, let me uh, quickly look for that. Uh, Mm. Uh, uh, someone found it. I think someone said something. Uh, says, mm. just one moment. Romans 12, 6. 12, yeah. Uh, please read it if, you, if you're there. Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Romans, 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 where are you? Romans 12, 6. It says, Having then gifts different according to the grace that is given to us. Whether prophecy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith. Now, so according to the proportion of faith, it also be said as according to the measure of faith. Amen. According to the measure of faith. So, faith itself has measure or as proportion there's, there's 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 measures it can be little it can be high um the more of god's word we have the more the, the more potential for your higher faith you notice that the the centurion what was what he was saying to jesus in that matthew 18 that we're reading is that i am a man under authority i will say to this man go he will go i will say to this man, come, he will come. All right? I will say to this man, yeah, go and do this. They will go and do that. Say, you don't need to come. You just need to say the word. So you see there's emphasis also on the word there. And just, ah, I have not seen so much faith. No, not in Israel. Now, 
the more of God's word we have, the more potential of faith we have. Now, why is this so? It is because of how faith comes. And that's the answer there, right? Why is it that the more, the more of God's word we have, the more faith we'll have? Because faith has a measure, it can be little, it can be, it can be large, it can be great. It's because the measure of faith is also tied to word. There's a way faith comes to a soul. And part of how faith comes has to do with words. Why? Because there's hearing involved. What does the ear hear? Is words, sounds. The ear will hear sounds or words because words are actually sounds. So when the word comes, we, are, we can hear faith. So the word is needed for the hearing of faith. The word needs to come. So the more we fellowship in the word of God, the more faith can be built in us. When we give diligence to studying the word, to studying the word. So for example, let's say somebody that does not even, does, does not uh, have money and they, can't, they are looking for what they will eat. And they don't know that it is possible, actually, according to God, God's word, for provision, for food, or provision for money. How? Because when you read scripture, you now begin to see, it's the way Holy Ghost arranged scripture in such a way. Sometimes, I know, the way Holy Ghost arranged, some, some may think the Holy Ghost is just writing a storybook. But it's not a storybook. Something is just a book for, for morals, for, for to guide us in the way of life. Um, yeah, yeah, to guide us, but not really like more in the story. When everybody could just pick their morals and do. no, 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 there's a wisdom which God, Holy Ghost arranged scripture. God arranged scripture to be written. Stories that were written there, things that were written for our examples, uh, for examples for us, they were designed, orchestrated to have the power to install faith in the soul. So, for example, there's that person reading the Bible and then all of a sudden he sees where uh, the woman and their child was, was, they were about to eat the last meal and die. And then the prophet came. So, yeah, give me to eat. Give me to eat first. Ah. And then they had to respond by faith. Okay, fine. Let's give it to you. That's the last food we have. Whatever it is that die. But you know what? Let's give. They gave. They responded in faith. And what happens? They had more, they had supply. They, 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 they were able to get a lot of oil, which they were able to sell, get a lot of money out of that. That's one. Two is prophet. Uh, I don't remember his name. Eli, Eli, Elijah, yes, who had to run away. And where he was, Raven will come and feed him. Now imagine that happening. So if God can feed someone using fowls of the air. Hmm. It means God can supply for my own need too. Okay, let's, that's Old Testament. Now let's move into the New Testament. Jesus said, just in this uh, verse that uh, this uh, book of uh, that we just, this, we just read, just, uh, just no, 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 no. Uh, I believe it's uh, Luke. Right? Where it was talking about this Luke 12 that we just read was talking about God feeding the fowls of the air, lilies are arrayed, you know, 
beautiful raiment. If God can clothe the leaves of the valley and feed the fowl of the air, then who am I that God will not care for me? When we read that in scripture, you know, it has the ability to install faith in the soul, to believe God for their provision, for their supply. And I realized that the word of God has a whole lot to do with faith, right? Because anyway, the word of God is shown, faith can be restored in the soul. So there's a way faith, the way, but the reason of how faith comes, faith can, ha, has a measure. It can be small, it can be large. Amen. Uh, now, another thing that I will also reference here is that when we're looking at a measure, the other faith that I was explaining earlier, the faith of the sun, which I said is a graduation from the faith towards God, it also has a measure. So I'm just saying this just to also help us to see that all these characteristics of faith is actually for us to learn so that when we graduate, we can also have that, we have a sense of that character. Why? Because the faith of the son that we mentioned earlier is also from faith to faith. If it is from faith to faith, it means it is it has a measure from one level of faith to another because there is an increase in faith in there. So there's the, the, the nature of faith that it can increase. And like an example I gave in the last uh, lessons, so in the last session that we had, I was explaining how you know, you can join your faith with others. So, and the way, you know, uh, the man cried to Jesus, oh, Jesus, help my unbelief, help my unbelief, means I have, I, 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 what is pretty much crying out is help my faith, meaning that I don't have enough, help me, please add to mine. Right? And then when you are amongst brethren, and maybe you are weak on the matter. You can say, ah, please join your faith with mine. Let's pray on this matter. As you are joining faith, you are, not, you are, you are, you are seeing that you, there is supply of faith from everyone enough to make petition unto God, right? To believe God for a matter, which answer can be given. So if you can join faith, you can add faith. Believers can come and add their faith together. It tells us that faith has a measure. And everybody can grow in the measure of faith that we all have. Everybody can grow in the proportion of faith that we have. How? By yielding ourselves to the word of God. By giving ourselves to the word of God. You know, some of us, we give ourselves more to other things. In short, Netflix has a lot of space, more than the word of God. Now, I'm not saying, you know, don't worry, maybe, maybe if, you want, if you want to stop, it's fine, safe. But I'm saying that we should give ourselves to the world because the, depending on how much of the word of God we have, our faith can either increase or remain stagnant. And it's also possible for faith to decrease in case you know, we, are, we, are, we are wondering. Say, if I have this measure, I just stay there and mm -hmm. If the, the problem is that a faith that is not increasing has a whole lot more potential to decrease by nature. If a faith is not increasing, 
what you begin to see is that it will, it will be decreasing gradually. It's, and the way it will decrease is such that you don't know. It's like when you inflate a, a <laughs> when you inflate a tire, let me put it this way, of a car and you park it outside. I can park that car outside for years. One day, you just walk outside and you just look at the tire, you now realize that the tire is flat. You wonder, ah, what happened? Nothing that, nothing much happened. It's just that the, the air has been escaped. It's you just don't know. So it is possible that faith that is not increasing can decrease, which is why we should make sure that we are adding to our faith, giving ourselves to the world, studying the word of God. Amen. Now, let me move further. Uh, we are almost done uh, to, in this manual. Yay. Uh, uh, so the next item here is to learn how faith comes. How faith comes. I, like, like I said, it's almost it's, it's a transition, right? Faith can increase. Like I was saying, that part of the reason why that, we can see that character because there's a way faith comes. So with the reason how faith comes, it is possible to increase or decrease in faith. So I'm going to read this aspect of the manual. And what does he say? He says, the first one we're going to learn about how our faith comes is by hearing. Faith comes by hearing. So let's read it. It says the most reliable way through which faith comes is by hearing the word of God. The most reliable way. That's the most reliable way. The most reliable way through which faith comes is by hearing the word of God. This is achieved when a saint commits himself to listening to the preaching and teaching of the word. Since God is the author of faith, he ordains and anoints men who are preachers of faith, thereby using them as vessels to transport faith to us. Amen. So it's possible that you know, when you begin to talk about faith, faith can begin to arise in your soul. When you, when you keep hearing faith, faith will begin to arise. Like we've read, 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 like read in the manual, it is possible that as preachers are preaching the word of faith, faith begins to arise in the soul. Now, we're going to read uh, two scriptures quickly. Because I think I, would, I wanted to put the scripture. Think, let, let's just read. I think it's also here. Uh, let's read Romans 10, 14 to 17. Romans 10. Romans 10, 14 to 17. It says, How then shall they call on him whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in, in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring, get, and bring glad tidings of good things. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah said, Lord, who has believed our report? So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So we'll see how faith comes here. Faith comes by hearing 
and hearing by the word of God. So that's how faith comes. The, and, that's one of the, and that's the most reliable way. And we see here in the scripture where Paul began to talk about them that are sent to preach the gospel, them that are sent. And when they send, they preach. And when they preach, they preach the word. And when men hear preaching, faith can arise in the soul. That is why you see maybe you listen to you know, teachings and preachings. And all of a sudden, in the, in the preaching, they begin to teach and give examples of faith. Now, for example, you, you know, maybe somebody that is looking for supply of money. Uh, they hear a preacher talking about faith, and then they decided to give an example. Oh, while I was in school, I needed money. And when I trusted God for supply, the next day, somebody came and just dropped money. And then begin to give different instances of God providing. When a soul is there by the Spirit of God, Holy Ghost can begin to raise faith for trust for supply. That's so we begin to trust God. Ah, I have more faith to trust God for my supply now. Well, if God can do it for him, if God can do it for her, therefore God can do it for me. You know, see that God will add can anoint men. It's not, it's not just about sharing, and those things are not just about sharing examples. It's actually for the installation of faith in a soul. So when preachers are sent, because God anointed them and sent them, and they begin to teach about faith, faith will begin to arise. Faith will begin to arise. Faith will begin to arise in a soul. God can also teach you faith by experience. But that's another aspect. But let's focus on here, which says, how faith comes is by hearing. That's the most reliable one. It's the hearing of the word. Like I said earlier, that faith can increase depending on the amount of word we have. And we should give ourselves to the word. Studying and reading the word. And also, like we've, we've seen here, listening to preachings and teachings of the word. Teachings of faith. And also by them that God has sent to teach faith. We can listen to preachings and teachings on faith so that we can hear the word of God concerning faith because that's how faith comes. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. The word is potent enough to install faith in the soul. Let's read the second uh, um, Bible verse here. First Corinthians 1, verse 17. It says, for Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ be made of none effect. Amen. First Corinthians 1.17. I read again. For Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel. Not with wisdom of worth, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. And we see this, this Bible verse is also complementing the one we just read in Romans 10, talking about being sent. You have preachers that are sent to install faith, to preach faith, to teach faith, which when you listen, you hear the word, you can begin to come into the installation of faith just by hearing. You know, things like, you know, like this, like life class. Um, Many other you know, avenues that God has set up for you. 
to hear the word. We have Kenneth, uh, our, our daddy, Kenneth Egan, you know, they have lots of materials on faith, teaching faith, teaching us how to exercise faith, how to use faith, how to respond to faith. Our daddy, Kenneth Egan, uh, put a lot of emphasis on the word, hearing the word, paying attention to the word, listening to the word, and taught a lot about faith, how faith comes, how to exercise faith, what you can do with faith, how you can use faith. He taught a lot on that. So that's an example that we read that there are men that God can send to teach faith. So when you commit yourself to listening to preachings and teachings of the word, you can receive faith by that. And that's the most reliable of this receiving faith. The next one of how faith comes is by reading, studying, and meditating on the word. Amen. Now, like I was saying earlier, that faith comes by hearing and hearing of the word. No, we have to we commit ourselves to listening to preachings and teaching of the word. Amen. Now, when you, you realize that when preaching and teaching of the word is ongoing, they talk a lot about the word also. It's about the word, right? Which means that there's a lot around the word concerning faith. So by reading, this one says by reading, studying, and meditating on the word. He asked me, the most reliable way is just word. I'm sure by the time we go through this list of how faith comes, you realize that everything is just surround, is just centering around the word, around the word, around the word. So let's make sure we give ourselves to the word. So you make sure you read, you study, and meditate on the word. Now, if you read the word and you don't study, it's not enough. If you read the word, you study and you don't meditate, it's not enough. You must do the three. You must read, study, and meditate on the word. Because some of us, you know, maybe sometimes we think maybe it's by revelation that we have to read our Bible. That when we're reading our Bible, it has to come by revelation. Hmm. Go and read your Bible now. There is also the reading of your Bible. Because if you don't read your Bible, you can't meditate. Even if you want to have fellowship of the Holy Spirit, which Holy Ghost can begin to bring the activity of revelation, begin to lift scripture for you. If you don't have it in you, there's nothing you can lift. So you need to be able to read. You and I, we are supposed to be able to read and study the word and then meditate. That aspect of meditation is very, very important. How? Because when you meditate on the word, it has the ability to install faith. Because as you are meditating on it, Faith to begin to rise. But let me let me read what the manual says before because I'm going ahead of myself. It says faith is generated anytime our heart is exercised in the word of God. The Ethiopian eunuch is an example of this. Let's read uh, Act 8 27. Act 8 27. It says, and he arose and went. And behold, a man of Ethiopia, an eunuch of great authority under Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who had the charge of all our treasure and had come to Jerusalem for to worship, was returning and sitting in his chariot and read Esaias the prophet. He was, he was reading. See what he was doing? He was reading. The Ethiopian eunuch was reading the scripture. Let me go further. Then the spirit said unto Philip, Go near and join thyself to this child. 
And Philip ran, did that to him, and heard him read the prophet. See, he heard him read the prophet. They are still reading the Bible. He heard him read the prophet Isaiah and said, Understandest thou what thou readest? Say, so do you understand? And he said, how can I accept some man should guide me? And he desired Philip that he would come up and sit with him. Amen. So, Ethiopia Enoch, as he was reading, faith began to arise in him. He began to desire to understand. He knew that there are men God has sent. Let me put it that way. If we're going to use the, the example of how faith comes by hearing above. Here, the example here is, is God sent Philip. Philip was sent him. Who now went to go and teach the Enoch. But I want to focus on what the Enoch was doing. He was reading the prophet Isaiah. And as he was reading, faith began to arise in his heart. He began to desire that someone will explain to him. Amen. Let's read 2 Timothy 2, verse 15. Quickly. 2 Timothy 2, verse 15. It says, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needed not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. See, you can, you can see <coughs> clearly here. The two verse one is talking about reading, the other is talking about study. This one says, study to show or to show thyself approved unto God. The woman that is not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. If he, if anybody is going to divide the word of truth rightly, you have to be able to study. What am I saying? Study the word. Reading the word alone is not enough. You have to study. Now, after you have studied, you need to now combine meditation with it. So you have read, you have studied, now begin to meditate. Because when you begin to meditate on the word, that is when you, you are able to reap fruit of what you have read and studied. Why am I saying so? I know it's not here, but I'm going to quickly read the book of Psalm. Psalm 1. And most of us know that Psalm. And then Joshua. God explained something to, to Joshua there. Um, but I'll read Psalm 1, verse 1 first. It says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sins, nor seated in the seat of the scum. What does happen? Verse 2 it says, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. Now, the law of the Lord can be substituted for the word of God here. Because the word of God that they have in the Old Testament is the law. That is the word that they have. Amen. So, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. So, and in his law, doth he meditate day and night. Now, what would not happen to somebody that is meditating day and night. It says, and it shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth fruit, that bringeth forth its fruit in its season. It means that a soul that meditates will become fruitful. Meaning, when you meditate on the word, you will become fruitful on the word. Meaning the word will bear fruit for you. 
So what is this, what are, what, are, what does he have to do with faith? Anytime you 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 read or you are exercised in the word. Now the word exercise, like the man has, I like the way the man put it. Says faith is generated anytime our heart is exercised. Faith is generated anytime our heart is exercised in the word of God. The exercise there really is actually as a as it, it comes by the tool of meditation. You may be able to read and study, and yet you are not yet exercised. When you are, what, what, what happens when you are exercising the word is you are meditating on the word, thinking on the word means you are you are exercising. Like you know, you know when, when you talk about exercise, you go to the gym, you begin to lift weight, you lift weight, you lift it, you lift it because you are trying to build muscle. You do the same with the word of God. I don't know if anybody goes to the gym here. Yeah, maybe this analogy will be, will be awesome. Or if you or let me put it, the reason for exercise is actually to build sometimes because you can have different views. You can you can also build strength by exercise because there are different kinds of exercise. You have exercise that is for endurance. You have exercise to build muscle. When you are doing some exercise to build muscle, it means you have big, big muscle. And when you have big, big muscle, you can, it means you, can, you may be able to carry a lot of weight because how you build the muscle is you'll be exercising the, the muscles and the muscles will begin to grow. They'll begin to grow. They'll begin to grow. As you are exercising, you might tear your muscle. And as you tear it, it will repair itself. And the, and the process of it repairing itself, you will grow more muscle. You grow more muscle. You keep exercising. You keep growing muscle. Keep growing muscle. And you can so exercise that you have so much muscle. The way you are growing your muscle by exercise, you can also grow your spiritual muscle by exercising the word. You can, you'll be lifting the word. You'll be lifting it. Maybe today you are lifting 10 pounds. Next time you are listening 20, you are lifting 50. What are you doing? You are meditating on the word. What I'm saying when you are when you are exercising on the word is you are meditating. When you are meditating, you are doing exercise, you are jogging. You are diff doing different kinds of exercise. You can be jogging, you can be, you can be lifting weight, you can be doing push-up. What are you doing? You are meditating. You are meditating on the word. And as you do that, you see that faith will begin to arise on the word, especially when you are. Maybe facing a matter in life, or you are going through things. The way faith comes is by the word to address a matter. When you when you notice that you want, God wants to add, if you want, if if you are going to address the matter, it has to be by faith. And the one that works for you is the one that is the word that is inside you. So when you meditate on the word, sometimes that word might not might not have settled in your spirit. But as you keep meditating, all of a sudden, a word can settle in your spirit and then you declare by faith the word. And then you don't lose that. Hey, as you declare, things begin to, to, to arrange. That is faith at work. Meditation can get words to settle and you can have a lot of words settled in you that in different situations, you already have it inside of you. You just use it. You begin to address situations by faith. Amen. Let me move further to the next item. It says, how does faith come? It says, by obedience to God's word. So the more we obey God, the more words he gives us. And as we receive the word of God, faith is given for further exploit. I'll read that again. The more we obey God, 
the more words it gives us. And as we receive the word of God, faith is given for further exploit. Amen. So what is saying, what this, uh, what can this be saying to us? It means every time the word of God comes, and let's not forget the character of faith, that you know, faith is living, right? It also has a measure. Now, because it has a measure, it means God can give faith to us in different, different measures. It is from one measure to another. So, so and let's not forget that another character of faith that faith comes with is faith is active, meaning it comes with its own commandment. And when we obey God, when we respond to God in positively, we call that obedience. Now, the more we obey God, the more words he gives us. Meaning that the more faith you do, the more faith you can receive. Meaning the more your faith can increase. So when you obey God, it is a way for to call more faith to come. So when you obey God, you, what you are doing is you are asking for more faith. So more faith can come to you. So when we obey God's word, God will be like, ah, please let me give you more. And, and begin to give us more. And then we begin to grow in faith. Begin to grow in faith. Begin to grow in faith. We need to keep growing faith. Just like we've said in the, in, in, in the earlier example. The more we are exercised thereby, just using the example of a, a body uh, exercise, the more you exercise and for, to build muscle, you notice that your muscle can be growing little by little. You notice it is as from one level of muscle to a higher level muscle, to higher, to higher muscle mass, small muscle mass to more muscle mass, meaning that as you, are, as you keep exercising and obeying God's word, you are calling for more faith. You are calling for more of God's word, right? And you know that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. So let's not forget that link. So when you're hearing word, it means it has to come. And I like the word, faith cometh by. It's because faith must come. It has to come to you. Faith needs to come to you. And it comes by the word. It means it has to be supplied for you. And then we know that faith is a substance and an evidence. Because faith is a substance. And you know what substances are? What substances are? You, know, you can have a substance like powder. You can have little powder. And you can have many powders. So because faith is a substance, it can have a measure. I'm just re-explaining what I've said earlier. So the more we obey God, Obedience to God's word is a way to call to receive more faith. Obeying God ensures that faith keeps on coming on an increase. We keep growing in faith, keep growing in faith. Because one level of obedience will give us much more faith, much deposit of faith for another level. Amen. I'll go to the next item on how we can on how faith comes. And it says by praying. In the spirit. This one, we see, we see. I mean, most of us, uh, if uh, I believe most of us speak in if not all of us. Um, but let me read. It says, faith works against the five senses. 
when we pray in the spirit, our senses are inactive and faith is released. Ah, I think this area is, is, is a good time to, to talk about why most of the time Satan fights you with thoughts when you are praying in the spirit. It is the time you are, you, you are praying in the spirit that you remember the food that is on the stove that you need to cook. What Satan is doing is he's fighting against faith. Why? Because anybody that is exercising themselves in the spirit, when we pray in the spirit, our senses, our natural senses shut down. They are inactive. And faith is released. Why? Because our, our natural senses is actually a working against faith. It's certain that designing that way. Why? Think with your head. Think with your mind. Don't think God way. Don't think faith way. Think with what you can do. Use your mind. Calculate it. Calculate one plus one. Make sure it equals two. Don't think spiritually. Don't think there's a way God can supply. Think of how you can get it yourself. But that's just a way against faith. So Satan heightens our natural senses. Part of God's wisdom to deal with that problem is giving us the grace to speak in tongues. and giving us the ability to pray in the spirit. We receive the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues. So when we pray in the spirit, our senses are inactive and faith is released. Praying in the spirit helps us to connect the realm of God where all things are possible. When you pray in the spirit, you connect into, you plug into a realm that in, in that realm, all things are possible. Other means by which faith comes include fellowshipping with other brethren, reading spiritual and identifying Christian books. Those are other means, right? But let me explain this aspect of praying in the spirit. Just to explain to us, you notice when you begin to pray in the spirit, as the more you pray, the more faith begins to rise inside of you. It may not be just, I'm, I'm not talking about you, you needing faith for a particular situation. Just praying alone. Because, you know, when you, when you have faith, it's a substance, you can, it, can, it can be deposited and you can, you can sense it in, spiritually. So when you begin to pray in the spirit, you will notice that you go, sometimes you can go from a flat sense. Maybe you don't even desire to pray. Just a flat sense. But the more you begin to exercise yourself in the spirit and begin to pray, all of a sudden you begin to see something is, ah, I'm enjoying what I'm doing. You know? I'm enjoying this thing. It's like I'm having more grace to pray. What is happening? It's actually faith is actually rising from you. What that faith will not be doing, it's actually be supplying you more strength for to pray for that. And you keep praying, keep praying, the faith will begin to arise. Faith will begin to arise. That is why Satan will fight anybody that is praying in the spirit. Don't why? Because you are dealing, you are, you are, you are, you are dismantling the resources that Satan has raised in the soul to work against faith. We are shutting down the natural sense, moving into this into a spiritual sense where all things are possible. And he knows that as you if 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 you can reach certain places in the spirit. It's possible for you to put things down. So you will walk with it that you don't get there because in that space you are going to, all things are possible because it is God's realm. And nothing is impossible for God. So in case you are wondering why Satan will fight you from praying, 
now you know. It does not want faith. Because when you have faith, faith, when faith is released, you can see the funny thing about faith is that you can use faith for to do anything. What do I mean by that? I'm not saying you just use faith to go and cook rice. I'm saying, but the truth of the matter is it is possible for faith to actually make rice available. <laughs> I'm not saying you should, you should be doing that. Now it takes it takes a high level of discipline, high level, or a, a very, very strong sense of spiritual growth for God to allow his soul to move into that kind of realm where you, you begin to create things, to have, move into creative power. And then you could just be safe. Things will begin to just appear. Yeah, call for three rabbits. And rabbits will just show. Right? It's all that is not possible, right? Satan knows that in God's world, all things are possible. If you live there enough, if you live there enough, a lot of things will become useless that Satan has set against you. If you live there enough, you can live supernaturally against Satan. You can fight Satan. Satan knows what Satan fights men living in that space because it is God's realm. So when we pray in the spirit, Satan will fight you and me not to pray in the spirit. That's why most of the time when you are looking discouraged about praying, it is Satan that is fighting you and me. But we are meant to have grace to pray. So if, if you want faith to rise in you, pray in the spirit. Faith works against the five senses. Faith does not respect all our five senses. Faith works against that. It moves into a realm where th things are different there. But Satan has, I, and we're not like that in the beginning. It's Satan that highlighted senses, moved us into flesh so that we don't leave from God's realm. Amen. So uh, let me emphasize the, what the manna says that other means by which faith comes include fellowship with the other brethren. You realize that when you fellowship with your brethren, you are amongst like-minded and you begin to talk about things Maybe, you, maybe you're even going through things and you begin to share with your brother and people pray together. Faith can arise. That can cause faith to arise. Like I was saying earlier, that it is possible for brethren to come together and join their faith together to pray. So join your faith with mine. Let us pray concerning the matter. It is possible that through fellowshipping with you know, other brethren, your faith can increase. Well, maybe, maybe you see a level of faith operating in a brother. That can encourage you to grow in faith. Your brother's growth in faith can also add to your faith. Another aspect is reading spiritual and edifying Christian books. So, for example, uh, the, when we read earlier that hearing, hearing the word, faith comes by hearing, and there are people that God has sent. Now, the people that God has sent to preach, they can also write books, and they've written books, like I was, like I was saying, uh, Papa Egin wrote many books concerning faith, which when you read it, it can edify you and install faith in you because it is based on the what is also a form of faith coming by here, uh, coming by hearing and hearing by the word. It's another expression of that. Um, even this is when you fellowship with your brother, it's another, another expression of faith coming by hearing and hearing by the word. Why? Because when you are fellowship with your brethren, they can talk about the word to help your faith, to help each other's faith. Now, let's note something very important here. We are almost through. 
says, faith towards God comes by the word. God speaks to us concerning his promises for our life in this present world. This is different from the gift of faith, which is one out of the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. Like the other eight gifts, it is operative as the Lord wills. Faith towards God is operative when we receive the word and act on it. Amen. Now, let's talk about this a little bit quickly. Um, there could be a confusion between faith towards God, which comes by the word, and the gift of faith. Now, the gift, there's, there's what we call the gift of faith, which is one of the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. Now, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, they are not, they, they, they are operated as the Holy Spirit or as the Lord wills. It is solely based on the Holy Spirit discretion. I want to do with you. It can use you. Uh, what I'm trying to say is that it is Holy Ghost that activates that gift of faith. That one is not even yours. That gift of faith is a gift for God's will. So, for example, let's say God wants to heal someone now. God can gift you a faith to believe for that healing and declare healing because God wants to heal a soul. Or maybe wants to heal, maybe you know, a, a leg that is broke, God wants to just heal it with compassion. I want to heal that person. God can gift you faith for to heal. That one is not yours. The moment everything is done, the gift you know, will just go away like that. Because it is only available at that time that God wants to do something. So it is, uh, what I'm saying here, what I'm emphasizing here is that it is operated as the Lord wills. You can will it. You can will the faith and say, you be healed. No, you can't will it. It is the Holy Spirit that we, as he wills. Oh, I, I've decided to heal this person. I want to operate the gift of faith in this person so that this person can be healed. It is as he wills. Amen. And um, this is not coming from maybe just an assumption. It's actually according to scripture. Let me quickly read First uh, Corinthians chapter 12. Let me see if I can read it quickly in the part where it says uh, mm, uh, okay, so first Corinthians chapter 12, I'll read from verse 4, but I'll jump to verse 11 because of time. So now there are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit, and there are differences of administration for the same Lord. And there are diversities of operation, but it's the same God which worketh all in all. So there be, Paul will begin to talk about the gifts of the spirit. So, but the manifestation of the spirit is given to everyone to, to profit with them. And I began to highlight all the gifts. Say, for to one is given the spirit of wisdom, blah, blah, blah. Then he moved to verse 9, where he says, to another faith. That is the gift of faith that we are talking about in verse 9. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 9. 
to another faith by the same spirit. Right? Then you now move to verse 11. It says, but all these worketh that one and the self same spirit, dividing to every man severally has a will. Meaning it is the Holy Spirit, the self same spirit, which is the Holy Spirit, that divides these gifts that you mentioned, right? Earlier, including the gift of faith. It divides it to every man, uh, several, as he, as he decides as a will, he can give that. That is different from the faith towards God we are talking about. Let's not forget that faith towards God is, you know, when we define it, it is an ex, it, it is telling us it's an expression, it's a dogged expression, right? From a man's heart, it shows his commitment and total reliance on God and his word. So, of course, if you are relying on God and his word, you are relying on God. So that is a different faith. So that one comes, like we've defined how faith comes. It comes by the word God speaks to us concerning his promises for our life in this present world. Right? It, it comes to us. It comes to us by the word of God that God speaks to us concerning his promise for our life in this present world. So as we are living currently in this present world, there are promises of God that God has said to us, which are also in his word, right? They are in his word. There are things he has said and promises he has given to us, right? For our life in this present world. There are things he has said to us. So faith was God comes by what God speaks to us. If you want to see the manner of the, the way the two operate, it comes by God speaking to you. It's different from when Holy Spirit wills to do something and then he gifts faith to, to someone, which is the gift of faith. So that gift, that only goes willing, as it divides everyone as he wills, is different from God speaking to you. So as God speaks to you, as you hear the word of God, faith towards God can increase in it. So, so that's what uh, we're trying to differentiate here. So faith towards God is different from the gift of faith, which is the gift of the Holy Spirit. The gift of the Holy Spirit is a gift of the Holy Spirit. It is different from faith towards God, which is our faith. Our faith towards God. Amen. Uh, let's go further. And I'll read the outcome of faith towards God. This is the last uh, item here. And well, I'm almost done as well. And even if I go about maybe 10 minutes over, I'm sure everybody will forgive me, but I try not to. Um, um, I'm so excited for this uh, lesson. It was, has been beautiful. Uh, so the outcome of faith towards God. So what do we get out of faith towards God? So there is an outcome. The outcome of faith towards God. It says the outcome of faith towards God is that it delivers God's good report and not the promise to those who are exercised thereby. This kind of faith pleases God and he desires all his children to be exercised thereby. By the will of God, this initial exercise of faith is designed 
to prepare us for a higher faith, which is the faith of the Son of God that delivers to us the promise, even eternal life. The substance of this faith come by the preaching and teaching of the revelation of Christ. Amen. I will read. Okay, let me try and explain this. Now, there is an outcome of the faith towards God. What's that outcome? Good reports. Sorry? Good, Good reports. Good report. Thank you. So the outcome is good report. What does that mean? What it means is this. It means when we are exercised by faith towards God, what it can give us is only a good report. And I like the word report. It means that, okay, uh, you've done this faith. It gives you a good means that your report, your report is good. It means you are reported to be good. So when faith was going to exercise, God looks at our reports and he sees that, ah, okay, this is good. Then when God looks at it that this is good, then he now begins to move us into a faith that can deliver promise to us. Now, the faith towards God does not give God's promise to anyone. Rather, it prepares us for the for to receive the promise. How it prepares us for the faith of the son, which was defined earlier. The faith of the son is what God designed. The faith of the son of God, what God designed to deliver us the promise of eternal life. So the substance of the faith of the son of God how that one come is by the preaching and teaching of the revelation of Christ. Now, you notice here that they, 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 they made it clear. The language is different. You know, earlier, they, talk, they, they were talking about what the apostles have. The early apostles is their faith in the Lord Jesus. That's what we read, right? Their faith in the Lord Jesus. Jesus. That's what they began with when we when we were when we were trying to define faith of the Son earlier. Where the apostles began is faith in the Lord Jesus. Right. So faith in the Lord Jesus is different from the faith of Christ. And this faith comes by teaching and revealing Christ. That is how faith, this faith of the Son of God comes. So when we are exercised by the faith towards God, we have a good report. Now, let me, let me read. Uh, I won't read for too long because of time, but let me read where this is coming from. Uh, it says a good report. You know, sometimes we read like, ah, good report, what does that mean? So it's not a current language. It's not a coined uh, expression. It's what the scripture tells us. Right? So I read Hebrews 11. Then I'll go towards the end. I'll go to verse 39. And it says, And these, now don't forget, 
earlier, Paul has been making accounts of patriarchs of faith, people that were exercised by faith, that were examples of faith. It says, all these, and these all, having obtained a good report through faith, you see, they obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise. So what we are saying that faith was God does not deliver the promise. It only it can only give us a good report. It is not a an expression that we are trying to to say to say oh no 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 you know this one is not no, nobody is not commonly devised faith. It is actually a scripture that tells us that faith was good can make us obtain a good report. It makes us obtain it now because when you talk about faith, like we're saying that faith comes, it doesn't just stay, there's a way it comes and it can increase in its soul. That is talking about the process of obtaining. You can obtain faith. Which even in this faith of the son of God, you can also obtain that faith. But how they train you to obtain faith is through the exercise of obtaining the faith towards God, which can earn you a good report. So in the sight of God, God can be pleased with you to now give you the promise or to begin to give you the promise. How? By enacting the faith of the Son of God, which Christ authored. Christ is the author of this faith. He authored the faith of the Son, which has the ability to deliver the promise or ability to bring us into inheritance. The promise is also our inheritance. Like in the book of Acts, that Paul, you know, Jesus was saying to Paul, say, you will save them by faith. You know what? Let me read it. Let me read it. I know I quoted it, but just to give us a clearer picture, Acts 26, verse, I believe, 16. So, but rise and stand upon thy feet. That's you know, when Jesus encountered Paul. But let me, let me read from verse 1. It says, and when we were all falling to the earth on the road to Damascus, so when we were all falling to the earth, I heard a voice speaking unto me and saying in Hebrew tongue, Saul, Saul, what persecutest thou me? It is hard for thee to kick against the priest. And I said, Who art thou, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. But rise and stand upon thy feet. I have appeared unto thee for this purpose, to make thee a minister and a witness, both of these things which thou hast seen, and of those things in which, in the which I will appear unto thee, delivering thee from the people and from the Gentiles, unto whom now I send thee, to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light, and from the power of Satan unto God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance. Among who? Among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. The faith that is in him here is what Jesus is saying that it is inside of him. This faith is his own faith. That's why they say it is the faith of the Son of God. So the faith of the Son of God is the faith of Christ. It is the faith that is in Christ according to this uh, book of Acts. 26 verse um, 
18. By faith that is in me. That's the faith. So this faith can deliver an inheritance to a people. And of course, the inheritance is inheriting life. You inherit Christ, you inherit God. When you, when you, have, when you inherit both, you have inherited life. When you inherit God, you inherit, you've inherited eternal life. So this faith can deliver the promise. As we've read in Hebrews 11, right, that tells us clearly that all these patriarchs of faith, they were able to, the, the, the only thing this faith was, was able to deliver to them is a good report. And what does good report mean? It means you've done, in the sight of God, you've done something good. Okay, this is good. And you know, in uh, let me use an example of you know, in a class when you when you have different marks and scores, you have poor, you have there's poor, there's what's zero? I forgot what that one's called. Maybe it's still poor because they're trying to be humble, but I'm gentle about it. But zero is not poor. Zero is terrible. So zero is terrible. Let's say you move away from zero, you have poor. The next day, you now, you now cross the pass mark. When you are at the pass mark or you just cross over, they will say this is good. But it is not excellent. It is good, but not excellent. It is good, but not the extension. It is just good. Right? Now, after good, you also have other ones. Like, for example, C, C can be good. B can be, you know, very good. A plus can be, is excellent. So you have good, you have very good, you have excellent, right? So what I'm just saying is that ah, in this, your spectrum, you just cross the pass mark. So in my cycle, you've just crossed the pass mark. You've, you've pleased me, so this is good. So you've obtained a good report in the sight of God. So this faith can make us have a good report in the sight of God so that we can get, we can start learning the faith of the Son, which can make us, we can deliver very good, excellent or perfect. So you can have a perfect score. You can have excellent score, right? You can have exceeding, exceeding great and precious score or extinguish and precious promises, right? It, faith towards God can make us have a good report, just good, just okay. Okay, pass mark, you've passed, you've crossed the pass mark, but you've not received the promise, which is life, eternal life, according to the book of 1 John 2, 25, right? I'm not going to read uh, that scripture, or, you know, because of that, I know, I know I've passed time in it, but let me just read it. Uh, this is the promise which has promised us even eternal life. So first John, uh, for the sake of us that will listen again, uh, let me read the scripture. And of course, uh, and it's good to also read along. Um, chapter 2, verse 25. It says, um, and this is the promise that he had promised us, even eternal life. So what God promised us is eternal life. But the faith towards God does not deliver that promise, does not deliver eternal life. It just delivers, it just makes us 
gives us a good report so that God can give that life. Then Hebrews 11.32, let me read it and we're in that area. Because we're still explaining this outcome of faith. We're just explaining the outcome, just the outcome. Hebrews 11.32, it says, and what shall I more say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and of Barah and of Samson and of Jephthah, of David also and Samuel and of the prophet. So he was talking about those that were exercised by faith. That's what that scripture is saying. Like I was explaining earlier, that all the patriarchs of faith, what this faith was can get them is just a good report. Right, they began to talk about what they did. Say, obtain the promise, stop. Uh, David also, Samuel, or prophet, uh, what did they do? They who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouth of lion, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, waxed valiant in fight, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead, raised to life again, others were tortured not accepting believers that they might obtain a better resurrection. And others at trial of cruel mockings and scourges, yea, moreover, of bounds and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sown asunder, were tempted, were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskin and goatskin, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and in mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. They're just talking about exploits of faith. Imagine this. When you see this, I mean, people receiving their dead raised back to life. Ah, ah, come on. This, this is an awesome faith, man. But this, all these things, as, as awesome as they were, they can only deliver a good report. Says, and all these, having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise. God, having provided them, having provided some better things for us that they without us should not be made perfect. You see what I was saying earlier about perfection. You can have a good or not a perfect score. Right? Now, if you want to get to that area of being perfect, you have to receive this new faith called the faith of the Son of God. So, the good report is a preparation. is preparatory for the faith of the Son of God. Just as we read in the manual here. So by the will of God, this initial exercise of faith is designed to prepare us for a higher faith, which is the faith. So I want to encourage us, you know, if we're learning faith, that we should also you know, not stop there. We should continue further. Because what we are receiving by the faith of God is a preparation. We have to be prepared. And what, But I want to emphasize that everybody must be well prepared. If you are going on a journey and you are not well prepared, it's either you die on the road, or you return back to where you are coming from. Why? Because you're like, ah, this journey is getting tough and stressful. So I'm not well prepared. Let me go back and go and prepare well. Or let me look for how I can prepare properly for the journey ahead. Preparation is very important. It is very, very important. You must be prepared. So we are not despising preparation. We just, we are just, we actually, we are emphasizing that 
faith towards God should be exercised, should be exercised there because it is a good preparation for the journey of the faith of the Son of God, which has the ability to deliver unto us the promise of eternal life. Amen. So for further study, let's read Hebrews 11 from beginning to the end. Mark 11, 12 to 23, uh, which talks about faith towards God. Amen. So we have reached the end of the of the class. What's next is the questions for the study. And I believe that will be next time we meet. Amen. I hope everybody can still hear me because I'm not hearing anybody respond. Amen. 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 Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Everywhere was just silent. I was like, what's going on? Amen. So thank you for uh, joining us today. And uh, and some of us, if you have questions, please uh, let's meditate on these things. Write down your questions. Uh, we'll go through the question and uh, about the study next time we meet. And I believe uh, we'll be greatly blessed. I'm sure we are blessed already today. Uh, I am greatly blessed. Can we just begin to appreciate God for today? Father, we thank you. We give you all the praise. We give you all the glory. We give you all the honor. Thank you for strengthening us for to go through this class today. We thank you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. We give you all the praise. We are exalted in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Father, we thank you for today. It's good to say amen. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for how you've helped us to go through the class today and to finish this lesson. So we are exalted, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. As we continue to think on these things and even to give ourselves, it would encourage us in the word for the increase of faith in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Wherever we are not yet exercised for to produce a good report, Lord, you will increase us in faith. You will help us to obey your word that we might be exercised thereby in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So that our prayers today, we give you all the praise, all the glory, for in Jesus' precious mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. Amen. Amen.